There we go. Here we go. It is the Friday before the final Big 12 Bedlam. Now, I want to make this very clear. I don't think... I don't think that you'll hear me say, Josh, at least I hope not, the final bedlam. Because I'm a firm believer that these two teams are going to find a way to play each other again in football sooner rather than later. That's me. I have nothing to base that on. My opinion. I think that in my world, I envision a situation where if the SEC doesn't expand to a ninth conference game, which I think they will, or even if they do, you'll have some people fall out. Schedules will sync up. And what is a – see, I want to say something as far as feelings, but I don't know if if it's politically correct anymore, Josh, and I don't feel like getting canceled on the Friday before Bedlam. But how about this? I think hurt feelers – will subside, especially whenever the Bedlam matchups continue in softball, in baseball, in basketball, in every other sport. So I don't think you'll find me, or I hope I have this week, saying the final Bedlam, because at its core, Bedlam continues, right? These teams will still play each other in non-football. I, and I know I'm very much alone on this island, Josh, I just think that we'll see this sooner rather than later how about that for a hot take to start the show so i guess my point is you won't find me saying the final bedlam you better get in here with your takes josh it's the final one and if you don't have a take i could go jt the brick on you where's your opinion where's your spine right now do you not do you not care about the final bedlam you better get in here and have a take at 405-329-9000 you better have some guts how's that is that good I love Not it. Not bad, right? Good, good Friday morning to you. Are you? You're more of that group that you do think it's the last one for a really long time, don't you? Define a really long time. A decade. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that. I, I do. I think it's going to be a little bit okay. before these two get back together. I hope you're right, because uh, I, I think an in-state game like this. I like seeing it played. I, I like it being an annual date on the calendar. It's what? It's been an uninterrupted series, I think, dating back to what, 1910? 1910, dude. So, I 1910. Mean, look, feel however you want to feel about it and call it not a rivalry and this and that. That's sad to lose a game that's been played right. every year since 1910. Yeah, no question. So, here we go. A three-hour thorough breakdown of this matchup. What we've learned throughout the week, we have our top five stories of the day, which, you know, we'll sprinkle in some other things. I thought I thought that was a, actually a, a pretty decent Thursday night football game. We saw TCU and Tech last night where, boy, that um, Joshua Hoover has those moments where you see him, Josh, and you think, dude, this guy, this guy's got a chance. And then he has those moments where you're like, this dude is terrible. Which I guess, which I guess is is probably the story for most freshman quarterbacks not named Trevor Lawrence, or at least first time getting an opportunity to play. But we'll we'll, we'll touch on that as the show rolls on. 
Did you take in? How was your Thursday night, or did you have high school responsibilities? Thursday night was great, man. It, it was good. Uh, probably against my better judgment, I was watching more NFL than I was college. But, uh, yeah, it was nice, man. Good, 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 good. I uh, Last night ended up being, for me, for, for me, and again, in my very sheltered world, okay, I don't have... I mean, it's very first-world problems, okay, so I'm not complaining. But number one, to, uh, I, I had to go, Josh, and get my truck slash whatever you would consider an edge. I realized when I looked at my tires, it had one of those things, those, like, runs where I could see the threads, and I was like, yeah, no no longer can put this off, especially if you're driving still water. And I hadn't had time to call my buddy Dallas over at Fowler to see if I could get a loaner, which, again, you know what that would have led to, me procrastinating even longer and putting tires on my car. So I went I, as, soon as, the sh- as soon as the show was over yesterday, I had responsibilities on the XM side, so I took care of those. And then I, went to get, I got tires changed, and I had some guy talking trash to me about the Raiders, which was fine because I was wearing my Raiders hoodie yesterday. And it doesn't matter because Antonio Pierce is going to win Coach of the Year. And Adrian O'Connell's going to be the rookie of the year. This is fine. These are things I've accepted now. But then after I was done with that, I realized there were two two things that seemed very simple that were supposed to take a minimal amount of time that ended up taking an inordinate amount of time. So basically, Josh, it was one of those nights where I looked up and you're like, oh, dang, man, we're already in the fourth quarter of this Tech-TCU game and this Pitt-Tennessee game, this Pittsburgh-Tennessee game is in the second half. I just had a night that completely got away from me. But the good news is it was a night steeped in bedlam research, steeped in writing, steeped in getting ready for Saturday. Unless you want to talk about the Big 12 soccer tournament, then I can help you out with that too. Brought to you by Sprouts. But <laughs> <Sure>. my night <laughs> my night was, was knee-deep in, in bedlam, so I'm excited to dive into it today. So your, your, the question of the day is this. And it's, and it's multifaceted, right? I love my favorite conversation before big games is always X-Factors. Now, that doesn't have to be a player, Josh. You know, I already heard from I, – I was – I'd already heard on the Super Secret Textoso line this morning, and they'd asked about Tawi and Danny Stutzman, and I think about on the, on the hour we should update that there hasn't been anything. I don't, I don't know what the message boards are saying. I don't know what Parker has had. But at least from what I've heard, it's been the same all week long, right? Gentry Williams has been practicing. Uh, Peyton Bowen is moving a little better. But most importantly, Tawi Walker and Danny Stutzman, it's literally going to be a game-time decision. And fingers remain crossed. I don't have an answer for how much work they're doing in practice. But beyond that major storyline for tomorrow, Josh, when I talk about X-Factors, when I talk about things that could end up changing the course of this game it's not just it's not just players but it's maybe approaches it's maybe you know special teams have always played a major role i got uh the mainline podcast the mainline podcast i'm I'm not overly familiar maybe i've been on that show i'm sorry but i don't think i'm overly familiar with those guys but they do a great they did a great job on the tube of views with all of the big plays in like the history of bedlam so there's big offensive plays, there's big defense. You can find it, just you know, search great bedlam moments is what I did last night. And they had all the, and I was I was blown away by all these special teams plays, Josh, that honestly I I mean I'd forgotten about. 
right? Because we get so caught up in the the pass to Jalen Saunders in the corner of the end zone, Hollywood. Um, you know, I, I know a, a lot of people don't like to think about the 2020 game, but the Godfather play that they used, that was pretty cool, right? You know, you, you, now I know that's not the top of everyone's mind. But when you think about special teams, Josh, it all just it's a massive X factor in this in this series, and it always has been. So to me, I I think that is one of the major storylines heading into tomorrow because Oklahoma, in its biggest win of the year, its special teams were a liability, right? And then even though there were moments against Kansas, you turn the ball over on special teams, you punt one into the end zone to give them a free, what might have that been, 19 yards? It's been, despite all of its incredible moments, block punts, things of that nature, Josh, I think it's fair to say it's been a bit of a disappointment as a whole this year beyond Gavin Freeman's punt return for a touchdown. And I think it's a major X factor tomorrow. Well, Oklahoma obviously needs to improve there for the stretch run to be what they want the stretch run to be. And you're right. I mean, I think back to the uh, the 2013 game where you, what, fake the, the field goal and throw a touchdown pass. And so there's, yeah, plenty of instances where special teams and, you know, punt returns, as we've discussed, you know, punt returns in this game, but uh, some trickeration out of the specialist units over the years, too. Mm, no, yeah, very much so. I saw Michael Honeycutt get absolutely blasted on that fake field goal. And what was that, 13? 13. Oh, my goodness. Dude, if you watch the replay of it, if you ever watch the replay of that, Dusty and I are down. And I don't know if Teddy was there with us or not. We always kind of stayed in the group because back in those days we only had one mic. And it's just Dusty and I down there. And <laughs> I'm jumping around like a little 12-year-old, right? And then Dusty immediately realizes, oh, he got rocked. I better go check on him. <laughs> so I, if we're talking X factors throughout the day, might I encourage you to take a look at special teams and things of that nature, right, Josh? Because, as you said, they play major factors. Think about it during the break, and let's hit a couple of major X factors when we come back, okay? 405-651-3439. Or you can pick up the phone and call us. We're at Riverwind Casino, baby. I'm back. Josh, isn't this place great? You got the tunes jamming during the program. Our guy Justin always takes care of us. I've heard a handful of celebrations already, and it's 9.15 in the morning. People are making money and having a good time on a Friday here at Riverwind Casino. Hope you'll come out and check out all the great acts they have coming up, too. Uh, Did I see Pete Davidson? Dude, we got to get Pete Davidson on the show when he comes to town. I don't know if he's a sports guy or not. I don't know if he's – now, I failed in getting Adam Duritz on the show, but I really want to get Pete Davidson on. And Rodney Carrington, I failed on that too. But we're at Riverwind Casino, riverwind.com. Now, before we get to our first break, I'm compiling a lot here in this first segment, Josh, so I apologize. And I'll try not to get too carried away here. Another one of our Friday favorites is looking back at things we've learned throughout the week, right? And maybe – opinions that have changed or opinions throughout the week that have been solidified. I'm still, what, I just hit puberty there? I'm still 
Yes. Intrigued by this. Bryn Venables was asked by Garen, and I think I've given Barry Trammell credit for this this week, so I'm sorry, Garen. This was a great question by Garen Eming. You talk about discipline. You talk about wanting to be a disciplined team, yet here we are eight games in, and it's still, hey, it's, it's mental mistakes that are being made. So how do you kind of compartmentalize that and improve that as a coach? Listen to this from Brent Venables. It's the crux of it is near the end, but I think it's really good. First of all, it's not everybody, and um, you know, it's not the whole game. And uh, but we we did get nosy uh, in the first half, and uh, uh, with our our defensive line in particular, and uh, but we were much better uh, in the second half, uh, so we improved the discipline there, and and again. Uh, uh, you know, Kendall Dolby. I don't think his his uh, his 15 yarder is a is a lack of discipline. Other than he didn't maintain his leverage and coverage, uh, gave up the con- uh, conversion. And I literally, he I don't think he he realized where he was as a guy's. He's trying to wrestle the guy down. He's got his back. You know, he's he's tackling the guy backwards. So he doesn't realize the guy had put a foot out, and he's just trying to get the guy to the ground. So I don't think that was a lack of uh, discipline on his part, but uh, it's always, you know, I don't think you're ever going to have a, a week where you don't uh, desire more discipline. I don't want to downplay it. I'm the one that brought it up, and it really was in particular, you know, the discipline in the in the first half and particularly defensively uh, do things right. And over the discipline, again, you know, offensively to do the things that we're coached to do, you know, systematically and don't try to make a play. One of the reasons we've been really efficient uh, through the first uh, part of the season going into last week was because we did have discipline to do the little things right from a scheme standpoint and not try to make plays, make the layups, uh, don't force things. And know you, you play the quote-unquote long ball when it comes to winning games. Uh, and, and so don't try to win it the first drive of the game. Uh, you know, again, take what's there and, uh, come get coached up and those types of things. So I, I, I think that's a coach's job to always have great uh, awareness there, always correcting, always coaching, always teaching. Uh, I don't think that it's ever going to be perfect, but uh, we certainly, uh, again, some of the things that, um, you know, uh, for t- again, I go back to defense, you know, guys trying to make plays. And uh, and so sometimes you take away uh, the autonomy to, to, to do some of those things with your schemes too. Some schemes you give a, lo- a little bit more latitude, uh, which allows them to be really aggressive. And then sometimes uh, when when they're not doing the things that you need to do there uh, the right way at the right time, uh, you, de- you take away that latitude to do that. And so uh, we did some of that last week to improve the discipline. So that's uh, kind of uh, probably vague a little bit. Um, my guys aren't listening to me right now, but they if they heard me, uh, talk right now, they'd know exactly what I'm talking about. What does he mean? <laughs> what does he mean? And if they did some things last week to improve the discipline, Josh, was he meaning they did some things after? I mean, this was a Tuesday press conference. So was he saying they did some things last week? And it necessarily didn't work because let's face it, dude, there was some undisciplined football that took place on Saturday, right? 
Or was he saying, hey, this past weekend we did some things after watching? Like, that's where I'm a little bit perplexed in that. Am I am I overanalyzing that a bit? Maybe, yeah, but after Monday, I guess? I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting question. What what uh, What is the extra work on discipline? Right, exactly. Exactly. Are we talking some good old-fashioned wind sprints? Right, right. <laughs> what is it, man? Because I'm fascinated to learn and fascinated to try to figure it out. Was it when he says the guys aren't listening but they know, then – when you say you put an extra work on discipline, does that mean I, I, that you, it didn't work? I mean, that, that's where I'm perplexed by this. So we'll, we'll, I might be overanalyzing it, but part of the Friday show is all about that, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's what it's all about. All right, quick break. It is 920. We are at Riverwind Casino on a Friday, the Friday before Bedlam. Josh, I'm Plank. It's the ref. All right, welcome back into the home of Sooner fans. It's the ref. With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. So, I'm not I'm not aware of the – Yeah, I'm going to pause now for a second, Josh. Let's do our due diligence before we go any further, don't you think, on what we talked about during the break? Sure. Okay, okay. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439. And as we mentioned, Riverwind Casino jackpot line 405-329-9000. Uh, again, there's other cuts from this week where, you know, if you really listen to them, they they tell the story of a lot of what went wrong. Like, I can't, I can't stop listening to this cut, this cut Josh. It is, you know, a two-minute cut, now two-and-a-half-minute cut from Brent. And in it, for those of us who have spent the week complaining about Jeff Levy's game plan and why did they do this and the jet sweeps, which, by the way, all know if you guys have caught wind of it this week, the jet sweeps are played at Mauer pretty well against what Oklahoma State does defensively. So you may see it a little bit more. But even in that frustration – he talks about players have got to execute the plan, right? I mean, I'm not a big fan of overly playing a cut, but if you if you listen to what we played before the break, Josh, that's that's literally what he said. I mean, if there's one thing that we've learned in all of our anger and frustration with some of the play calling, in all of these plays that we're complaining about, Josh, there was a hole that could have been hit, there was a receiver that was open, or there was – you know, a, a mistake or a breakdown that happened in, in protection. So that's – we're not making this about Lebs today. That's been a hard thing for me to kind of compartmentalize this week, Josh, because in everything that people are complaining about, I completely hear you and I completely understand, but I also feel like that there have been plays that have been made and plays to be made that weren't with some of the calls that were that were called on Saturday. And we have not, by the way, done a good job of wiping it Wednesday on this program this week. It's, it's not been a wipe it uh, kind of week, unfortunately. <laughs> it's been a, hey, let's talk about it until they play another football game kind of week. Yes, uh, there's plays to be made. And what uh, I guess a, a bunch of people are pointing out, the Javante Barnes run. 
I mean, it's it's there, but uh, unfortunately, that's also on the coaching staff to call plays that position this group to go be successful, right? I mean, yeah, it's uh, if if they can't execute that play, unfortunately, you got to call something else. <laughs> By the way, the very the very first text that I saw that hit the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, the very first text is. See it more? What's the over-under then on jet sweeps? <laughs> Five? Uh, I would say three and a half. I'm just telling you, and this is, I listen to our station. I listen to Teddy's pod with Gabe. I listen to every I, I listen for as much as I can can stand of the other podcasts, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just, oh, yeah, I've heard this. That's fine. I don't care about that. You know, everyone has their own. There's probably people that are listening today that as soon as I mentioned, man, Josh, I had a great night last night. They're like, I don't care about your personal life. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to it's, it's It's a reality, right? But I think that when you, when you see what's had success against Oklahoma State, it, what – what Kansas does, which is some of that and a lot of that. Do Kansas want to Kansas lost a game when they averaged ten yards per play. Ten yards per play. And they lost to Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Here's a couple of I'm just I'm just gonna eat I just saw these pop in. Um <laughs> the broken arrow fat boy. You've been trying to to wipe it. And it's just running and smearing. Now, listen, that's taking it too literally, B.A. Fat Boy. Sooner Soldier. The, the problem with the jet sweep is it rarely works. So regardless of why, it doesn't work. So it's one that should be trashed. You know what my, you know what my greatest hope is tomorrow, Josh? My greatest hope is, seeing that these rumors aren't true, is that Jalil Farouk either A, scores a touchdown getting a handoff in the backfield, or B, Oklahoma scores two touchdowns off jet sweeps. No. That's my hope on Saturday. No. Don't put that <laughs> evil on the rest of us. <laughs> All right. To, to, I'll get full in on the text line when we come back. But your opinion, Josh Helmer, your X factor, I've got a page full of him here because I, you know me, I'm a nerd. What would you consider? We brought up special teams. Who, what, X-Factor Saturday? I think somebody up front defensively. Okay. You know, Dejon Terry or one of the guys outside, couple of big-time sacks, strip sack, fumble. I think uh, that direction. It's the area to me where Oklahoma needs the most improvement going into this thing. We can talk play calling left and right. But uh, if Oklahoma's not good up front defensively, they're probably not going to win this game. Agreed. Agreed. I love that from a player perspective. I absolutely love that. I think I think last week Oklahoma was so concerned about – and someone – you guys have been all over this on the text line too. Oklahoma was so concerned about the – run game for the quarterback that it slowed down the pass rush a little bit. You have Cerro concerns about that with Alan Bowman. Now, not to say that Alan Bowman can't tuck it and get you 
you know, five or six if necessary, but he is not going to be running, what did, what did George Stoya say, 22 miles an hour to get away from the, the rest of the defense. It's just not the reality. So I, I, I think that is something that, in my humble opinion, in my honest opinion, that Oklahoma has less of a concern about on Saturday. Now, the one thing that they do have a concern about, funny that we've been lamenting jet sweeps this week, Brendan Presley is incredible whenever he has run a for Oklahoma State. And they've done some things with him in the, the, the bubble screen game that has been really effective. Now, I don't know about you, Josh, I felt like that Oklahoma has really defended that play well this year. Maybe it's a little bit more physicality of the corners. I feel like they've done a good job defending those bubble screens. And you get, well, I mean, outside of a few misses last week, but I think you get, you know, you get your guy back at corner and you're going to be in really, really good shape because he's been about as physical defending that if Oklahoma State decides to try to use that, the bubble screens and things of that nature, to get Brendan Presley the ball. The other thing, I mean, Oklahoma State doesn't do a lot of shifting. Gentry Williams, sorry. I didn't, I didn't know if I made that clear that his name was Gentry Williams. But I, you're not going to see all that movement like you did from Kansas last week. So, anyway, I mean, I love that as an X factor. Your interior of the defensive line has to be better. Period, right? And you would say to John Terry, I'm like, I'm with you. I haven't heard Kelly's name mentioned in a couple of weeks. I mean, it's just, he'd have been played well. He'd been pushing back the, what, what, did, uh, what did we learn was the phrase for it? Santa Clausing the quarterback a few times. Everyone going back there and sitting on his lap. But I haven't heard Kelly's name. Jonah Lulu, I haven't heard his name in a couple of weeks. I haven't heard, you know, these guys that, I haven't heard Grayson Halton's name in a couple of weeks, right? So it's on these dudes in that interior to really make a difference tomorrow. Absolutely. They're going to have to be better, and they need to be impactful. You could say you could say Downs, you could say Bothrut, a bunch of those guys, even on the perimeter up front. Uh, oh, you needs a big day from one of those guys, or multiple probably of those guys uh, in this game to go win it. And, and I don't know that we've really seen an impactful performance, singularly impactful performance up front since Texas. Hmm. All right, quick break, 934, your text coming up next. Lee Sterling in 30 minutes from now to talk about the full day of college football right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Um, good stuff on the text line. Let's hit it, 405-651-3439. Just in, in like, order of the longest wait, I brought up that in, in my world, I'm not going to be somebody that sits here and tells you, final bedlam, final bedlam, but then again, I – I have some foolish belief that these two teams are going to figure something out and play sooner rather than later. Good point off the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line from the 405. How long did it take OU and Nebraska to get a game? Well, again, I would be I would be literal, Chris, and say Oklahoma and Nebraska had stopped playing every year once the Big 12 split into a south and north. So I don't – I'm not minimizing that in any way, shape, or form, but it wasn't an every-year kind of a thing once the Big 12 added divisions. But in this case, it was 11 years, right? They they came here in 21. I guess maybe 10 years if you include the Big 12 championship game in 11. Uh, no, that would be 10, right? So 11 years. Good point. Good point. I just... 
And I also, I'll, I'll, I'm on board to saying the final Big 12, Bedlam, let's go. It is. Oh, he's never going back to the Big 12. But we'll still see these schools play in other sports. I'm being like literal Chris. Uh, the 727 writes, I can hear Africa playing in the background. That's one of the great things, Josh Helmer, about living or hanging out here, living, on Fridays at Riverwind Casino. You never know what jam you're going to get on their incredible playlist. Like last week, Tina Turner was jamming. I think it was What's Love Got to Do With It, and it was stuck in my head all weekend long. Good jam. Uh, Moments ago, they were playing Hold On Loosely. Good jam. You just never know what you're going to get on a Friday when we're here. Pretty fun. Makes for a fun football Friday. (laughs) Uh, Mason Jar Revival disagrees with me. He writes, just like Okies in the 1930s, Bedlam will be on a Dust Bowl hangover for the next 20 years. Hashtag Red Eye Gravy. I hope you're wrong. I hope you're wrong. All right, South Texas Sooner. To the X-Factor conversation. By definition, an X-Factor would be something underutilized, something underwhelming, possibly something that goes unnoticed or is catching someone by surprise. The way we have underutilized the tight end this year, to me, qualifies Austin Stogner as my X-Factor for Bedlam. I believe he needs to have a huge presence. I like that, Josh. I think that's a good one. Absolutely. If uh, if you're going with the X-Factor, which a lot of people t- generally take this direction, right? X-Factor somebody that mm-hmm. doesn't play uh, or ha- hasn't had a – large large impact of late or flat out doesn't uh, get a bunch of snaps at all that's the other direction you could take Stogner the tight ends in general yeah no they've not been big uh, producers I think other names to watch offensively for Oklahoma in this regard I, I could see uh, Brendan Thompson okay. given the way the final drive ended last week I think Gibson is a name to watch offensively oh Br- Brendan Thompson's my x-factor I mean he's my spotlight player Josh I know he has Two catches on the season, but he's my spotlight player. It's a good All pick. right, there's been a ver- there's a version of this in some way, shape, or form. Okay, and maybe I should have been a little bit more clear. Uh, he's not talking about when I was playing my cut. He's not talking about his players not listening to him. He's talking about him not listening to the press conference. I mean, you guys must really think I'm stupid. I mean, I just have to accept that you think I'm a freaking moron. <laughs> no, no, no. Because, yes, I heard it when he clearly said they're not listening to me right now. My point was, and if you listened to the actual press con- or th- that cut that I played, he said we did some things last week to correct it. And if you ask the guys, you know, they, they're not listening, right? They don't know what – they're not hearing me right now, but they would know what I'm talking about. So I, I understand that part of it. I graduated from junior high. The part that I didn't understand, Josh, was – so, basically, if you're saying you did some things last week, right, and there were some things that, you know, had been focused on getting better from a disciplined perspective, then now when you look back and you see how they were performing in the Kansas game, does that lead you to believe that maybe it wasn't resonating and they weren't listening the way that they should have been and there'll be more of that? So, that's what I meant. That's where my confusion was. I mean, I Sooner Judy, I, I appreciate it, uh, 918. 580 sooner finish in Raleigh. I completely and totally understand that portion of it. I think my question was if you say you did some things last week. 
It didn't work. It didn't work, right? I mean, let, here, I'm going to play one more time here just real quick. Go ahead, go ahead. Even though, you know, the, the Dolby foul was, I didn't think, a very good one. It was so close to the boundary. There was no right. intention behind it. So, I, to me, that wasn't uh, unnecessary roughness. I thought that was a bad call. Then, naturally, the bench was heated about it. So, then guess what? Somebody gets a, another 15-yarder on the OU bench. Uh, the, the play at the goal yep. line, that wasn't, I don't think, uh, a good call on Reggie Pearson. So, we, we could sit here. The, now, you had 11 penalties, so that's three of them, right. right? So, there's still eight to talk about. Oklahoma clearly was not disciplined enough. But uh, I'll give them at least, uh, I guess, I don't want to say a little bit of a pass, but there, there were some questions in there about whether or not there were good calls made. Right. Here's, here's the latter part of that cut. Uh, awareness there, always correcting, always coaching, always teaching. Uh, I don't think that it's ever going to be perfect, but uh, we certainly, uh, again, some of the things that, um, you know, uh, for t- again, I go back to defense, you know, guys trying to make plays. And, uh, and so sometimes you take away, uh, the autonomy to, to, to do some of those things with your schemes, too. Some schemes you give a, lo- a little bit more latitude, uh, which allows them to be really aggressive. And then sometimes uh, when, when they're not doing the things that you need to do there uh, the right way at the right time, uh, you, de- you take away that latitude to do that. And so uh, we did some of that last week to improve the discipline. So uh, it's kind of uh, probably vague a little bit, um, my guys aren't listening to me right now, but they if they heard me uh, talk right now, they'd know exactly what I'm talking about. See, so, I mean, yeah, I, I, I understand that part of it. Sorry. <laughs> but the part that, to me, was a little bit intriguing, perplexing even, Josh, was, hey, we did some things last week. We did some things to work on it. My guys aren't hearing me right now, but they would know what I'm talking about if they were listening. All right, so then are you saying the things that – last week you did didn't work or that maybe these were things that you started to do you know after the game saturday because this was a tuesday presser so that when you think about things that have just stayed with me this week josh that i'm intrigued by that's that's one that really is one sooner uh sooner cb writes i think he was referring to barnes not seeing and hitting a hole that was so big he could have run all the way back to norman from lawrence Uh, from the 4-3-0, the play call is the least important part of a play. It's all about execution. And Josh, from the 806, ding, ding, ding. If plays called are good but not executed, it's on the coaches. I really like this staff, but the performance the last two games is not acceptable. But, okay, then from your position, when does it fall on the players and execution? Well, I, I think it's equal equal ownership to some degree. Mm-hmm. But if if as a coaching staff you understand, okay, we've not gotten good results running, well, for example, a jet sweep, or I haven't really gotten Javante Barnes to totally click, then probably he shouldn't be out there in the game's most right. crucial moment. And that's yeah. that part falls on the coaching staff. I agree. All right, quick break. It is 9.48. The Plank Show's on the road at Riverwind, a casino. 
Hit up Riverwind.com to see about all the great attractions, all the great concerts they have coming up. Always a good time. Uh, comedy shows as well. They've got the final championship countdown where you can win a game. Uh, you can win a trip to the Big 12 championship game. So uh, on November 9th, you can participate in their points race for a trip to the Big 12 championship. And as always, as always, there's great deals online at Riverwind.com. It's Plank Show on the ref. Hey, can I give a, a, a quick resolution to something from earlier in the in the crossover? Sure. So for those that are unaware, I am a problem. I'm a problem. Anytime we go on the road, I'll have other shows I need to do because I have three very needy and expensive kids and one very expensive wife. So I have to work a lot, which is fine. It's not like I'm doing real man's work. I'm talking sports. So I put a headset on and I just roll. Saturday morning. I would reached out to Gavin Lang over at Stillwater uh, on Monday and said, hey, bud, I'm doing 8 to 11. Is there any way I can get in early? And he said, stand by. I'll get back to you. And I'm not – I'm pretty I'm pretty patient, Josh, right? I mean, because now with technology, even if it's like, hey, man, we can't get you in, I'm sorry, I could do the show from my car. I mean, that's just where we are right now. And, I mean, we just did that a week ago, right? We did, and we it did. went very successfully. It went fine. I was blown away with how smooth it went. So I'm not fretting over it. Well, uh, this morning when we started the crossover, I was like, oh. Oh, that's right. I haven't heard back from Gavin. And I was getting ready to email him. So I mentioned just kind of uh, as an aside when T-Row was like, hey, you good getting in? I'm like, hi, Gavin, if you're listening, man, I'd love an email back. Bro, Gavin Lang not only emailed me back but took complete and total care of every over-the-top, greedy need that I had for tomorrow. So I just, for everything that is petty between those at Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and definitely the fan base, that is a dude that I have an immense amount of respect for that has always treated me like royalty, Whenever I go there, he, when I was there for softball, I think I told this story. Gavin stood out on the, uh, I was like, dude, what's, what, uh, walk me through what's going on here and spent like a good 10, 15 minutes. He goes, if you want, next time you come down, he's like, I'll show it all to you because they're growing, you know, they're trying and they've got a lot of money invested in their athletics. So I know on the Friday before Bedlam, it's supposed to be hate, 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 but I just wanted to take a moment to just say how grateful I am to Gavin uh, Gavin Lang over at Oklahoma State has always been super to me. And, again, I'm just – I'm thankful that at A, Josh, tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. I'm not going to be driving around looking for Cody Allen's nephew's house because I want to park at his house, right, Cody? Or or a B, that I'm trying to find a way to get into a stadium where everything is locked. <laughs> so thanks, guys. See, look, Josh, this is why I believe that they're going to play again sooner rather than later. There's people like Gavin. No one else is on Consummate professional. On Dude, thank you so much, though. I doubt he's listening. I don't know if he was listening, but uh, I'm just – that's a great dude. That's always been really, really and, – and in all honesty, you know, you go down the run of the SIDs that have worked at Oklahoma State. I mean, they've all been – Mikey Noteware, really good to me. Uh, Kevin Clintworth was great. Steve Buzzard, rock star. So I've, I've been grateful for how good they've been.
to me. Very selfish segment. All right, WTX Sooner writes off the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. As a coaching staff, you don't see excellent execution. Why would you run the damn play? That's kind of been your take, right, Josh? I, I, I like this guy from Parts Unknown. End of game. After three running plays to eat up their timeouts, by the way, all three poorly executed. On fourth, Levy has the perfect little pass play dialed up to end the game, but we have a guy jump off sides. Coaches make mistakes but can't do it for them. So that's the counter to that. But as you said, fourth and, what was it, seven? That's no gimme. So if you've got a play dialed up for seven, why not just go ahead and say, all right, let's get 12 out of this, right? I mean, that sounds a lot easier than it seems. And it's maybe a little bit of a silly thought. It's just something that we hadn't really dissected. I think the penalty gave Oklahoma reason to be like, ah, maybe we should just pin him, try and pin him here. Right. Now, but again, y'all, it's a wipe it Wednesday. It is now Friday. <laughs> When we come back, we'll get to those texts on the X-Factors for the OU-OSU matchup, the final Big 12 bedlam. And Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports joins us. We are at Riverwind Casino on a Friday. Ticket information to all the great upcoming events, including Pete Davidson in the Showplace Theater. Go to riverwind.com. That's riverwind.com. It's the Plank Show. Josh Helmer on the ref.